You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. word in Acts 3 and 19 is repent. Repent simply means to feel regret or sorrow for something and to change your ways or habits for the better. To feel sorrow or regret for something and to change your ways or habits for the better. And repentance is essential from a, from a biblical standpoint. Um, and I want to show you why. In the book of Luke, the 13th chapter. Book of Luke, the 13th chapter. We're going to consider what Jesus said in reference to repent. We'll start at verse 1. Luke 13 and 1. That were present. At that season, some who told him, or Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? Verse 3, I tell you, no, they were not the worst sinners. This is the reason why. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. If you do not repent, you will perish. That's what Jesus said. If you do not repent, you will perish. You will die. That's what parish equates. And the reason it'll happen if you are a sinner is simply because Romans 6 and 23 tells us the wages of sin is death. To die literally means to go completely. Death happens in stages. Whether we're talking Figurative, spiritual, literal, and so forth. Death happens in stages. But the bottom line, Jesus wanted the people that he was talking to at the time to know that if you do not repent, you're going to perish. If you, if you don't regret the mess that you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in and change your ways for the better, you're going to die and go 
to hell. It's that simple. Now, when someone repents, Jesus wanted them to do a specific thing after repenting. And I want to show you exactly what he wanted them to do. Let's go to Mark, the first chapter. Mark chapter 1. We'll start at verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, John the Baptist, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand a present repent and believe in the gospel do you know this is what Jesus wants us to do saints and sinners Repent and believe the gospel. Because you can be saved, child of God, but you don't believe certain things in reference to the written and revealed word of God. And often we don't believe certain things because of our presence situation now we may not tell folks that that, um, we don't think certain things are too hard for God but the way we act suggests that we think certain things are just too hard for God even though we know he had to straighten Sarah when when, uh, Sarah laughed about him saying that she was going to have a child And he just simply asked the question, is there anything too hard for me? God still does the impossible. God still does what eyes have yet to see is to hear. He still does amazing things. How many many believe that? And see, you, you cannot allow your present situation To cause you to focus more on it than on God. And when you find yourself focusing more on your problem instead of your Savior, you need to repent. You're Christian, but you still need to repent. You, You need to make a change in what you're doing for the better. Because... Some of the most guilty folks about doing such are saints. Yeah, saints. Oh, Lord, look at the neighbor and say, he he must be talking about me. (laughs) Or you. Look at one more person and say, he must be talking about (laughs) you or me. We're going to reverse it a little bit. Bottom line, somebody in here is guilty. And when you find yourself not believing in the good news of Jesus, 
because of your situation, it's time to repent. Jesus, you need to believe the good news. I know you've been hearing bad news. I I know you've been hearing about this, that, and the other, but it's time for you to tune out that bad news and believe the gospel. It's amazing how folk love to hear negative stuff, love to hear gossip more so than the truth. But we need to tune out that negative stuff. We need to tune out that stuff that ain't helping us out no kind of way and start believing the gospel. Start believing what is written and what God is revealing. Quit listening to folks that are telling you it's going to get worse and believe that we are in a season of better and trust God to turn your situation completely around. Because he'll do it. I said he'll do it. He will turn your situation completely around. He will do for you what nobody else can do. And so he wanted them to repent and believe the gospel. And I'm, and I'm going to say what I said earlier again. The same applies to us. This is relevant to us. We need to believe the gospel. Yeah, the gospel is about healing, deliverance, prosperity, making you better, turning your situation completely around. But you will never experience the gospel in the manner the Lord desires you to if you keep doing what you're presently doing. You have to repent. And believe the gospel. So you can't be like, well, I, I, I hope God do it, but you're focusing on your problem more than him. No, you need to repent and just trust God to bring you out. Lord have mercy. And so, again, Jesus wanted them to repent and believe the good news. And I'm going to know when you read the Bible, there's some good stuff in there. Blind folk receiving their sight. Folk being blessed with, with things that they never dreamed they would have. Folks having fairy tale endings like Job. Folk being brought out of situations of death like Daniel. Folks being promoted by folks who, who wanted to kill them. I mean, it's some amazing things in the scripture when, when you really understand if you believe and apply it, it'll manifest in your life. Quit fighting the word and just start doing the word. See, you're blessed when you start hearing and putting it into action. Because it works. This ain't no game. This ain't no religious thing. This works. What is written and what revealed works. And some of us should have shouted because we are products of the gospel. You believed and that's the reason you came out of what you were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in. And if you're presently in something, you need to repent again 
believe the gospel and allow God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. And so repenting is, is very important. And don't ever get in your mind, repentance just means to ask God for forgiveness. Well, if that ain't repentance, what is asking God for forgiveness? Well, he asked God for forgiveness before he died, so I guess he, he didn't, that ain't repenting. Repent means when you change for the better. You turn from it. You change for the better. Amen? Amen. All right, we got it. I think you got it. And so contextually, if, if you'll notice, Luke recorded Peter warning the folk that were listening to him Repent. That's what he wanted. Wanted them to change the way they were thinking, talking, and acting. Wanted them to repent and notice, be converted. Converted literally means to be trans. Form. To be transformed literally means to be completely changed for the better. Biblically, even saints were told that they needed to be transformed in Romans 12 and 2. Let me show you that real quick. Y'all go there with me. Romans 12 and 2. Even saints were told that they needed to be completely changed for the better. But Paul wanted them to be transformed uh, for a reason. Consider Romans 12 and 2. This is what he said to the church. And it's, and it's a message to the present day church as well. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to what? This world. See, you have saints that are, that are more, more interested in Facebook than Scripture. You, you ain't got to tell some folks to get on Facebook every day. You just have to tell them to pray. They're going to get on Facebook, Twitter, or what have you. But see, Paul knew the danger of being conformed to the world. See, because see, if, if you start dealing with the world or giving the world most of your time, you're going to start thinking, talking, and acting like a sinner. You're going to stop believing the gospel. If the majority of your time is spent on Facebook, that's my ministry. I hear you. But before that becomes your ministry, you need to have the ministry of the gospel. Staying in the written and reveal word. And so he told them, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Look at the verse. By the renewing. Of your mind. He said you need to be renewed in your mind. And then he told him why. 
that you may prove or know what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Bottom line, he wanted them to know the will of God. Because if, if your mind is, is more on what's going on in the world, that's where your consciousness is. But see, we need to be more conscious of the things of God than the things of the world. That's, that's the reason one apostle told the church, he said, listen, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Why not? Because if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed. Everything is new. God makes things new. But see, just as sure as, as God can make us new, we can turn around as free moral agents and mess ourselves up again. Same things he delivered you from. You can turn around and go right back. According to the true proverb, the sow of the pig that was washed has went back to the mire or the mud hole. Why? Couldn't stand being clean. Got to thinking about the dirt and went back to the dirt. I don't want to go back to that mess I was wrapped up, tied up, a tangle up in. Say to your neighbor, Jesus being too good to me. For me to go back to being the wretch that I used to be. He wanted them to be converted. And, and then, he, then he told them, he said, look, if you're converted. Your sins will be blotted out. Your sins will be erased. He'll erase your sins if you repent and allow him to convert you. He'll erase, blot out. What the Bible says, cleanse your sins. Matter of fact, let's, let's consider what John said in 1 John 1 and 9. Y'all go there with me. First John in the back of the Bible. Chapter 1. And verse 9. Y'all ready? Now he was talking to the churches of Asia Minor here. And so he said to the saints, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what God will do. I said, that's what the Lord will do. He will blot out. Or cleanse us from our sins. And we know firsthand that he'll do it. And so that's what Peter wanted for the people that he was talking to at the time. Repent, be converted, 
So your sins can be blotted out. But notice what he says thereafter. Which is primarily what I want to deal with. He says, so that the times of refreshing may come. God cannot refresh you if you hadn't repented. When the, notice what he, what he calls it, the times of refreshing. When the seasons of refreshing come, it'll happen for you if you've repented and been converted. But if you have not repented and been converted, when the seasons of refreshing come, it's not going to happen for you. You'll see it happening to your neighbor, but it will not be happening to you. Refreshing literally means to make fresh. Refreshing. It literally means to make fresh. Stay with me. Fresh means new. So if God is going to refresh me, he is going to make me new. And, and, and when God makes you new, it says in reference to him, that he's making you better. If he's making me new, he's making me better. That's how Genesis 1 and 1 starts off. It, it talks about how the earth was, was void. It was empty and uh, in a chaotic state. But then God calls a refreshing or a newness to come forth. And he did it by speaking his word. He just started saying, let there be. And then it, it calls what was out of place to get in place. Calls what was Jacked up to straighten up. Yeah. Simply through his word. He, he makes things new through his, his word. Our God is, is a God that speaks. And when he speaks, that's when things change. Made blind Bartimaeus new on, on the road. To Jericho. How? By speaking. By speaking. What you want me to do, Bartimaeus? Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he spoke it. 
He's a God that speaks and he causes the old to become new. But he does it in seasons, the times of refreshing, the times when God causes things to be made new. Walker, you tell them better is here and better is coming. That means worse, you got to go. Why? Better is here and better is coming. But the only problem with some, you will not experience a refreshing in reference to better if you have not repented. It'll just be a saying to you. It'll just be something that you talk about at the dinner table that the preacher spoke about. And that's religious folk. They they talk about, yeah, he showed it, go on the mountain. But nobody was changed. Somebody got somebody got the feeling pretty good. Because it stirred up the flame. But nobody was changed. See, Jesus came to change lives. That's the reason he's, he made it clear in John 10, 10. The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I came. Came to make your life better. I came so you not only could have life, but that you would have it more abundantly. That's why I came. And he does it in seasons. And here he is making folk new. Like he renews the eagle in order for us to experience Yeah, better. And see, God will change your way of thinking. And, and you can tell, you, you can tell within yourself, man, I, I was thinking that it was the end yesterday, but I ain't good God. There's some great things in store for me. God can make you feel better about yourself, and you ain't got a dime in your pocket. See, you have, to, you have to first start to feel better about yourself mentally before you experience change in other aspects of your life. That's the reason Paul in Romans 12 and 2 wanted the saints of God to be transformed. He wanted them to be transformed uh, completely, but it was starting with the renewing of their mind. If you think better, you'll talk better. But there's no way you can you can talk better in truth if your mind is all jacked up. It starts right here. When you start when, when you start saying to yourself, I, I, I ain't gonna die in this predicament. I can come out of this predicament. I, I can pick myself up with God's help and, and I can go forward. That's the reason the angel that saw Gideon hiding behind the wine press because he was fearful of the Midianites. He started speaking to him or preaching to him in reference to his thoughts. Let him see that he wasn't thinking like the person God had made him into. 
Angel started out by, by saying to Gideon, hey, mighty man of valor, God is with you. Gideon's mind was so messed up to where he said, if God is with me, if God is with Israel, why in the world is all this happening? Why am I hiding? And then he started preaching to him to get his mind out of the state that it was in. And got to preaching to Gideon to the point to where his whole mentality changed. And he started believing in what was already there. He would not just accept it. Because the angel already knew he was a mighty person. But his mind was so jacked up to where he didn't see how brave he was himself. Isn't that amazing? A warrior acting like a coward, hiding behind a wine press. You got millionaires in here acting like bombs. You don't know who you are because your mind is all messed up. You got virtuous women acting like tramps. You don't know who you are because your mind is all messed up. Oh, that was too hard for you, wasn't it? Amen and in the church, but you leave the church and then you start talking down about yourself because your mind is messed up. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, you do. Get your mind out of there. Get your mind out of there. You do know what to do. I know what you don't sit in church Sunday after Sunday getting a written and a revealed word and have the audacity to say you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to do what you done been taught. You don't, you're going to do what you've been praying about. You're going to do according to what is written. Say your neighbor, change your mind and you'll change your life. But if you change your mind, change it according to the written and reveal word of God. Again, back in Romans 12, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know, approve what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God, what do you want me to do? I ain't got a dime in my pocket. Lord, what do you want me to do? I ain't got this, that, or the other. If your mind is in the right place, he'll give you direction. Didn't he give it to the lepers that were by the gate that, that, that were just sitting there because it was a famine in the land? But then all of a the sudden they got their mind right. And say, look, we ain't got to sit here and die. We can get up. And, they, and when they made up in their mind to get up and move forward, things got better. It got better for them in one day. To the point to where not only did, did they come from a state of, of about to physically die, but they received abundance to the point to where they could be a blessing to other folk. 
If you get your mind out. Your situation will not only improve. God will use you to be a blessing to other folk. Y'all quiet on me. I'm going to preach it anyway though. He wanted newness to come to him. But again, it has to start with the mind. See, see, so, some folk just believe everything that folk say about them. But never believe what God has said about them. A perfect stranger can, can say to some of us, Lord. That's an ugly dress you got on. That'll bother you the whole day. To the point where you may even go home and change the dress. It was nice for you, but when they said that, you, now you're changing the dress, changing your shoes. But then you can read in the Bible, you are more than a conqueror through him or through Jesus. If it could affect you the way the words of some folk affect you, imagine the type person you would be. That's the reason it's important that when God does send a refreshing through his presence, and his presence in one sense represents his word, when he does send a refreshing, that you receive that refreshing. If he tells you that, that, look, it's a time for you to be refreshed. And, and I'm going to refresh you by saying to you that you're going to receive battle. Things are going to get better for you. And if you allow a, that refreshing to get a hold of your mind and allow better to just get embedded in your mindset. You'll start talking battle, which will be followed by you experiencing battle. And see, that's what he was talking about when the times of refreshing come from what? The presence of God. God will start speaking things that'll make you new, that'll make you better. Be done got that bad report that, that you're getting ready to succumb to whatever is attacking your body. But then all of a sudden God sends a refreshing. Letting you know that he's still Jehovah Rapha. The God that heals. He's still the one that got healing in his garment. He's still the one that took stripes upon his back. In order for you to be healed. You get depressed. You get the feeling sorrowful. But then all of a sudden God sends forth a refreshing. Reminding you that he carried your sorrows. He carried your griefs. He made sure you wouldn't have a reason to close the blinds. And have an old pity party. He made sure you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a time of just weeping and no joy. But you would understand Psalm 30. When David decreed weeping may endure 
for a night but joy is coming in the morning say to your neighbor when the refreshing comes you need to be prepared to receive whatever God releases because it'll change your life for the better it'll turn you completely around it'll make you free so that the times of refreshing will come when in the presence of God that's the reason you can't be in the presence of God with the right mindset and not feel his joy and you know Nehemiah revealed that the joy of the Lord is your strength it's no way you can be in the presence of God and not feel within yourself you coming out of whatever has been trying to hold you down whatever has been trying to stop you whatever obstacle has been in your way you can't help but feel I'm coming out of this I'm coming out of this and when I come out Matter of fact, if you know what I'm talking about, tell your neighbor I'm going through something right now. But I'm coming out of this. Because I understand now that God is sending forth a refreshing. He's sending forth something that ain't meant to make me worse. It's meant to make me better. It's meant to turn me completely around. It's meant to cause me to be the head, not the tail. To live above only and never beneath. It's meant to cause me to be the one that takes first place. How many understand that? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, let's give the Lord. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.